Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. That's what I like, real people with real problems doing real shit. I want to meet them. And I, I want to push myself to be out there in that position to meet them. Good people are everywhere. And I don't want to be limited to a geographical location yeah. and a community. I, I want the world to be my community. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. And we are in Austin, Texas, and I'm here with someone I have been really, really, really excited to interview, Tisha. Hi. Hi. (laughs) This is Tisha's uh, first podcast interview? Yes. Yeah. And okay, so Tisha and I met um, at Outsight, which is this tech entrepreneurial community, kind of nomadic, where you could stay in these gorgeous houses around the world. So we met at a community event at Outsight Venice. I was there as the community event. She was staying at Outsight Venice. And now I'm staying at Outside Austin. She's staying at Outside Austin. I had no clue we would be staying there at the same time. So I come down, like prancing down the, stra- the stairs for breakfast or whatever. And then she's in this kitchen, the, in the kitchen. And I freak out because it's this girl that I had such a meaningful connection with in Venice that when she left, I was like, oh, I wish I could have gotten to know her more. And then you like are now my roommate. Aww. <laughs> Which is awesome. Um, so go ahead, introduce yourself to everybody. Tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hi, so I'm Tisha. I'm a product designer over at Olark. We do customer service uh, for chat, chat software. Um, yeah, so I do design, um, painting, drawing, and yeah, a little bit of everything, actually. <laughs> what I've really loved about your our conversations, especially in Venice, is how they um, – we're really re- results focused and uh, we almost like reversed engineered how to achieve a result and thought about all the creative ways to achieve a result, but really focused on achieving that result and then pivoting accordingly rather than just being stuck in the idea itself. Yeah. A lot of my job is to take a feature or a new concept to completion or to refactor or convert or revenue driven or yeah. And I like to work backwards and see the big picture more so kind of uh, break down big systems into, you know, something that's uh, digestible, you know, type of thing. What's your day to day look like? Now you work remotely. Yes. And does all the whole Olart company work remotely? It's a completely remote company. We're a hundred percent. Yes. It's a team of about 50 or so. We're, where are they headquartered? Like, where are they based? Ann Arbor, Michigan. Ann Arbor. And um, and have you always worked remote? 
No. So I've been with Olark for about a year and a half. Um, and I was previously at Amazon, um, the Irvine office. So, but I've, I've worked, uh, freelance for years. I have worked for U of M for like six years and different companies. So I'm not really new to remote. So what's your day to day look like as a remote worker? Because I'm sure everybody is so jealous of you right now. Um, does it mean you don't actually have to work? <laughs> Don't we all wish? (laughs) No. So, I mean, I still am in the proverbial kind of nine to five, but there's flexibility as far as like, you know, maybe a little 930, maybe a 10, 10, 15. Um, And yeah, you know, we usually start out with a a team sync. You know, what are you going to do? Go down your checklist and my job, depending, it could be spreadsheets. It could be UX specs. It could be prototyping documents, uh, usability testing or UI design could be some front end coding. It kind of all depends. How do you stay connected with your team in a reliable way when you're not working next to one another physically? I think the secret is over communication, which I think uh, was definitely something I had to get used to being in that setting. So being extra transparent, kind of just oversharing, you know, like, hey, I'm going to step out of the office for a minute and, you know, really just communicating on like a, a totally different level. And do you guys use Slack? Yes. And so is that the main communication tool? Yes, yeah, Slack and Zoom. Like we're very big on video. Oh, so talk about Zoom a little bit. It seems like everybody's using Zoom right now. And then on the episodes in another interview, someone mentioned Loom, which is a Chrome extension, mm-hmm. which is I don't I haven't checked it out yet. But how do you guys utilize Zoom and what is Zoom? Well, Zoom is uh, screen sharing and video conferencing software. So very similar to like Join Me or back in the day, Microsoft Meeting, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's quick. It's lightweight. Um, Yeah, we use it for all our meetings. Why Zoom over Join Me? I forgot about Join Me for a second. Honestly, I'm not sure why that's our preferred, um, maybe because of the flexibility and some of the collaboration tools I think Zoom offers over Join. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it is the new new. Everybody's talking about Zoom. And when did you first fall in love with technology? Uh, I first fell in love. So I originally went to school for painting um, and I have a, a fine art degree. Um, love painting, love drawing, and then realized I didn't want to be a starving artist. And so one day saw a brochure for graphic design and I was like, oh, I could paint in the computer. And that yeah. seems cool. And, you know, it was like Photoshop 5 back in the day and image ready and yeah, I, I fell in love with the idea of being able to create on a digital level. What do you think is your superpower? What makes you excel in your role beyond someone else? What's your core differentiator, as they would say? I think it's my ability to communicate, to uh, be able to translate and communicate on all different levels to all different audiences. You know, so... I think some people struggle with communicating technology or communicating to certain, um, you know, like developers or right. different roles. I think that's what I excel at, you yeah. know, is really being able to get in touch with people and kind of seeing how we can connect. Totally. my One of my best girlfriends that I grew up with, she always reminds me because I have a hard time with it, know your audience. And She's like, just because you want something or want them to understand something, you may be talking to someone who doesn't, isn't on the same page as you. You must know your audience before you start just splattering whatever it exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, what is a huge obstacle that you've overcome successfully and what did you learn from it and how did you overcome it? A huge obstacle. I don't know if it's an obstacle, but maybe, you know, at certain companies being the only female 
and then at most companies being the only black female. And uh, how do how do I overcome it? Um, I think it's all about the company you're at and how that company makes you feel and uh, how inclusive, you know, I think it is. And really kind of more so looking at myself as being a part of something bigger and not looking at being an isolated individual. So I think my own perspective is uh, has changed. What about the company culture at Olark really attracted you? Um, it was honest. It's very employee-focused, um, which was something I was looking into. Like, there's a, a genuine we care about the people who work here, and it's evident from the top down. So, like, I I could just ring up my CEO and say, hey, Ben, um, you know, I'm thinking this. I'm feeling this today. And there's a genuine connection. And I know, like, he's there. He's going to listen. And Oh, that's, that's really nice. Yeah, I think that's super powerful. And But that transcends throughout our company. How many people work for the company now? Um, it's like 50, 50 plus. Yeah. And they're all around the world. Yeah, we've got Scotland, Sweden, all over the United States. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, now, Olark, and, you know, correct me for the pieces that I don't know, is primarily live chat. Yes. And you probably do you do more than that now? No, we, we focus on providing a live chat service. Because um, I used to have a podcast called Hello Customer. So I'm really passionate about customer experience, as you even know about me. Yes, that's what I love about you. <laughs> and so uh, how does Olark help, um, you know, really deliver customer experience to to people as a product? Um, can you say more a little bit? Yeah, I, I don't think I even asked that very well. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> um like utilizing live chat, why is that so important in um, in delivering customer service as a company to your consumer? Or how are all the ways that people utilize Olark to be more efficient and um, connective companies themselves? Well, I think, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of competitors in that space. But I think our main focus is connecting people to their customers. Yeah. And that idea of how can we add that personal touch to right. it? You know, how can we not make it so robotic, so disconnect, so technical right. in a technical space. And that's what I do like about us. We're mm-hmm. always trying to push that. How how can we make it more human? Right. You know, how can we empower people to connect to the customer on a different level? Yeah. Yeah. For, for everyone listening that wants to go down the same path that you're on right now, I mean, you started in a very kind of roundabout way in art with like art school, right? Yeah. And um, and then found your way piece by piece. But how would they go about it in a more linear linear way? Um, where do they get started? Um, I would say first, really identify if you love it. I think anyone in the tech community, you you gotta love it, you know, and find out what you love, yeah. so that you can focus your intent. Mm-hmm. On like, okay, this this is what I'm really passionate about. And then I would say, you know, start with tutorials. Start yeah. start with the free. Yeah. You know, really kind of like jump in and the community. Yeah. You know, I think most tech individuals, we want to share. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about tech all day, yeah. you know, and give you those resources. So I would say jump in the community and really find out where your passion lies because it's such a big industry and you don't want to get overwhelmed. What? You deal a lot with team, managing a team, working with a team, um, just team, 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 team. (laughs) I think it's really hard understanding everyone's communication styles and delivering a clear message 
in unison. <laughs> I think it's just, it's just, uh, that's really hard. Um, and, and making sure the deliverables are met and keeping a project moving forward. What are some insights you can give us about how to become a more effective, um, team player, a more effective project leader, a more effective everything to make a project move forward and not just stay stuck in a, in a water cooler meeting? <laughs> yeah, I would say be open. And be flexible, but most importantly, be adaptable. I like to think that, you know, everyone has their own needs and requests on a team. And like, you know, this makes me work more proficient. And yeah. this is what makes me. And I'm adaptable. And I'm very project focused. Yeah. So if the needs of, you know, this developer or the needs of this developer, if this is going to move our project forward, if this is going to keep that momentum to me, that's always the priority. Yeah. And so adaptability, you know, just it it really kind of outweighs the the minutia of should I have to do this or should I have to don't don't get stuck so much yeah. in the process, but the overall experience to me of the team because yeah. experience is everything. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you a question that I have a feeling that I'll know the answer <laughs> and that like, but it's like sort of a, I don't even know if I'm going to ask it right. So I apologize in advance. Do you ever feel like being a black woman in tech holds you back? You personally? Do I feel like it holds me back? And is that okay that I ask that? Oh, it's totally fine. Yeah, I mean. Because it's a little uncomfortable for me to ask that. But I have a feeling I know the answer. Well, it's it's a a true, honest question. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Do I feel like it holds me back? No. That's what I thought um, the answer was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you can only hold yourself back. But does it? That's what I thought you would say. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. But does it kind of create some, uh, does the journey get a little more more challenging? Yes. You think so? Oh. Or know so. Yeah. 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 The, the the journey, the path is more challenging. Here's why I asked. So, you know, so a lot of people say, you know, that I'm a woman in tech. And I'm like, well, no, I'm just in tech. Like, I'm not like a woman. And I've never felt held back other than how I hold myself back. Mm -hmm. And I understand that there's challenges out there and there's challenges for tons of different types of people. But like by me focusing on just restriction, it's not going to create abundance for me. So I focus with intent on solution every hour of every day and whatever that means to me and whatever's going on in my life. And I feel like you and I are very similar in that way that you're focusing like, okay, what is possible? What can I do about this? And I don't, I don't see you as a person that's focused on, um, on restriction either. And I was excited to ask you because I think we need more examples of people just, you know, all these like women in tech groups, they're always talking about, we're held back. We're held back. We're held back. Well, if you hear that enough, you're going to feel like held back. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you, you claim it, own it, you know, and if you're claiming negativity and owning stereotypes and it's like, are there challenges? Yes. Are there real differences and hard days? Sure. But what are you doing about it? Yeah. You know, are you just talking about it? No. Are you, you know, pushing those meetings? Are you standing up? You know, are you uh, kind of disrupting things uh, a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? And it's challenging, but no, I don't feel help out. No. I love that. I love that about you. There's so much. You guys, I wish you could meet her in person. There's so much I love about it. She, like, comes off to me as um, a, a fiercely confident, capable person just, like, capturing life 
to the like, uh, like it's oh, just so sweet. <laughs> I don't like you're, you're like you're so you come off to me so strong. You remind me of my best friend Nassim. I remember when um, we first became friends. We didn't. I had to earn her friendship. It wasn't just given to me. Right. And now we've been friends for years. And I really always respected and admired that about her that she did, didn't hand out friendship cards. Right. And I feel you're the same kind of person where it's like, let me see if like this is a match here. Let me not just on default accept everybody like a big you know Burning Man circle into my life. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I I don't know. There's just so much about you that I think is so strong and so powerful and very clear. Uh, tell me more about your nomadic life and what that means and how you live uh, and share a little insight into that particular journey for you. So beginning of this year, I spent the first three months in South America. Uh, I was in Chile, then Argentina, then Brazil. Uh, and for me, I, I kind of was pushing myself to step out a little bit and travel and, you know, and I traveled with a group of strangers and so there was so much new. It was yeah. overwhelmingly new, but it really helped me to kind of focus. And yeah. and I, I read this this quote that are more like a statement, but traveling is like trying to schedule a meeting with yourself. And that's how I it kind of oh. felt for me, you know. And so when I got back to California, I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to renew my lease because it, it really connected to, yeah. to have that time with myself yeah. to really have space to think to challenge myself to be more open. Yeah. Uh, and so currently, yeah, as I tell people, I'm voluntarily homeless. Um, there's places I want to see, but I'm not traveling to go take a picture in yeah. Machu Picchu. For me, it's it's trying to create a space to see, to think, to have those meetings, to meet people like yourself, have genuine connections yeah. and conversations and challenge myself to really connect with real people. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what I like. Real people with real problems doing real shit. Like, I want to meet them. And I, I want to push myself to be out there in that position to meet them. Because I think you you have to be open. But good people are everywhere. And I don't want to be limited to a geographical location yeah. and a community. I, I want the world to be my community. And see what's out there, you know? You know, it's what's so interesting about you sharing that is, you know, the whole like hokey thing of, uh, you know, if you set an intention and the manifestation and blah, blah, blah. And like, <laughs> but, but when we met um, in Los Angeles, I was in a very intentionally closed off place where I didn't want to meet people. And I was in a very quiet place and I had a lot going on in my personal life. And I was just, I just needed to be very much alone. And when we met, I felt safe and comfortable because it was very connective, meaningful. It wasn't about show or anything. It was it was exactly what you said. And I was like, oh, well, that's why. She put the intent out there and I yeah. was attracted to her like manifestation <laughs> of the really that's why she's the only person I talked to that week, you know? <laughs> like um that's interesting. I mean, I wonder if there's something to that when when we really like focus. I know Right now, you're doing this whole thing where you say yes to things when you normally say no. Is yes. That what, yes. My, my like normal, this podcast. My normal reaction to most things is no. And yeah. then I'll later think about it and yeah. I'm like, well, maybe. But yeah. I'm, I'm trying to reverse that to force myself to be more open. Yeah. It, how are you finding it? Um, I think it opens up more possibilities. You know, like like you said, this podcast. Before I know me, I would have been like, no, it's not me. And, yeah. and then go down a rabbit hole of, of full of reasons 
of why I shouldn't. Yeah. And so if I reverse it and just say yes, just just do it, just jump in. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't now think of why why wouldn't I? Yeah. Yeah. What does setting boundaries mean to you? Setting boundaries in what space? What do you mean? I know maybe in like I mean, even with the whole yes thing, right? There's saying yes to opportunity and then there's yes where it's just like people taking your time unnecessarily or just you needing to say yes more to yourself and no more to like the outside. So where are the boundaries where you make sure that um, – I mean to put it simply, to make sure you're feeling joy on a day-to-day basis, to make sure you're feeling full. Like how do you set boundaries and not become depleted and say yes and experience that new opportunity but also have the time for yourself and also have the time to be focused at work and all the things? Right. Um, I think it's about being honest. I mean so for me – being honest with myself, you know, like it's it's nice to be able to just say yes to like an event or something because I've already put it out there and I'm also comfortable once I think about it, once I take some time out, like do I really want to do this? But it's already out there. And if I want to go, I can go. And if not, no. Yeah. But also being, you know, saying yes to the time I give, you know, before I might have been like, oh, I have this, this and that. But no, I want to say yes to more people who I do connect with. And I want to be conscious and diligent about giving that value that they, they do give to me. And so saying yes to more of that, even if it does cause me to kind of push my day a little longer. Because it does bring me joy. Helping people genuinely does. And I yeah. like that aspect of my job. Yeah. The experience and connecting. And if I have it, I want to give it. Yeah. You know? So saying yes to more of that, you know. I've never asked anybody this on the podcast, but I think it'd be fun. What would you what advice would you give your 18 year old self? My 18 year old self. Um, save money. Um. <laughs> for real though? Like, do we really need to? Well, I mean, for me, we all grew up differently. I don't know if I knew about a bank account until yeah. I was too old and like, really? I'm like, this is things you would think you would, you would know. Yeah. Um, for me, it would be, uh, be more present, you mm-hmm. know, try to be more present, which I think is my main focus right now in life. So I would probably say just just be more present. You know, don't don't get stuck in your head. I think I think I would say, well, there's quite a few things. I always I always say your intuition is your oracle and believe in yourself more. Hence, like why I even feel passionate about creating this podcast to inspire others to believe in themselves more. I love but that the oracle. I love that. They, <laughs> I said it on a really like weird day. I was talking to my girlfriend Holly on the phone like forever ago. And I was just talking about life and some challenge I had or something. I'm like, it's like your intuition is your oracle. And like, I'm like, wait, that was really great. I know, I'm selling it. (laughs) Um, But I actually, another piece of advice that I don't think I've said out loud, but I've said to friends and stuff is if I had to do everything again, I would become a lot more efficient and on top of following up. Because you don't know, like I I had the privilege of sitting with Mark Zuckerberg on the grass talking about Facebook mm-hmm. and he was like, yeah, we're going to like overtake my space. I'm like, ah, you're crazy. <laughs> and like I didn't. I didn't think it was a big deal. Right. I never followed up again. I was like on the grass with this dude that's like, yeah. whatever people may think about him, that's insane. Um, You know, and there's so many more people like that in my life 
that at some point, and it's not to say like you want to just stay connected with people because they become powerful. But the point is that following up is, is just great. You don't know what, I mean, even getting hired for a job, I've heard this about 15 times this week. Most people get hired for, for a job because they knew somebody, like it's some referral or yeah. some connection. I don't can't remember. Did you get hired like off of a website or did you know? No, no. Just straight apply. Yeah. Which is rare. Mm-hmm. Do you agree or? Oh, I think it's totally. Uh, yeah. It's it's yeah, it's super rare. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of a lot of who, you know, and people trying to make connections. I know I recently met um a woman who's just entering tech and yeah. like and she intentionally reached out to people on LinkedIn and trying to make these connections yeah. to you know kind of like add to mm-hmm. the success and probability of like I do want a job and I feel like this is a valid strategy totally. of connecting and can you help me you know totally so it's not an elitist thing the fact is people like to do business with people they know like and trust yeah. and if the more established connections you have over years of time, the more that it just, I don't know. I think life will be a little bit easier. Yeah. I mean, I mean that in the most like uh, sincere way because I, I am the last person to vet someone in, in that type of way. But, um, that I think I would have followed up more over my life for sure. Do you, you don't happen to know any like follow up tips or software, something you've heard someone on your team doing or maybe even something like, does Olark do something once a customer writes in the live chat that like the business can then follow up with them later or? Well, I mean, it's, it's it becomes a transcript, you know, conversation transcript yeah. that they can go back and, you know, review and then, yeah. of course, contact their their own visitors. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you think about that? Do you agree with it or? Um, I, I believe in intent and, and purpose and yeah. objectives, you yeah. know, so whatever the ultimate goal is having the options and possibility to see it through, but without yeah. knowing the why. Then, yeah. 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 Um, what is your favorite? We talked about Zoom and we talked about Slack and obviously Olark is an awesome live yes. chat tool. <laughs> what is another tool that you love, like an app, a piece of software, something that you're like, yeah, that's my go-to? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, what's my go-to? It's probably the most simplest app that does nothing it's my my timekeeping app oh which one <laughs> um what is it called it's it's called miranda of all things but it's uh for um different time zones and i love the it's so intuitive and it's so simple really that's it. i should use that yeah so i can see all the different time zones and what i like it, it has a touch dial so like i can Fast forward when somebody's like, oh, I need seven o'clock on Pacific time and I can go to seven o'clock and be like, "Okay, I know what time. And it's that's it. Oh, my gosh. I need that in my life. Right. It's just like the simplest app, one screen, but it's so intuitive. It's done right. It's lightweight. I'm installing that. And I use it. All day. Miranda. <laughs> and we'll include it in the show notes. I use another time website and it and it's almost there, but it sounds like Miranda's better. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I still have to be like, wait, let me see. Let me like drop that. Wait, I can't tell. Like, is it? Is it not? Yeah, it's smart. Um, And your favorite book, personal or professional or both? My favorite book, I'm going to go with Malcolm Gladwell, Outliers. That's one of my oh, favorite yeah. books. I just, I love him. Yeah. <laughs> I did not learn that um, I'm a 
I don't like that, the C word, that I am a pivotal person in mutually beneficial relationships <laughs> <laughs> until I read The Tipping Point. Okay. I was like, oh, that's what I'm called. I don't know. People that use that word, the C word, I'm not even going to say you guys are going to think I'm crazy. I'll say, I'll say it once so I don't sound that crazy. The connector. Yeah. I just think it's so <laughs> gross. It like makes me want to puke in my mouth. Like anybody that puts like I'm a connector on a profile, I'm like, and you're not. No. Like, you yeah. know, like yeah. – um, but yeah, I was like, oh, shit, that's crazy. Like, I think I'm that. And then I think the other one was Maven, where like um, the person that tells everybody about things when they're really passionate oh, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, those two. I was like, oh, wow. Great, great to like categorize me. Got it. You know? <laughs> Slap a label. Um, but uh, yeah, I like Malcolm Caldwell. That's really how – do, how do you say it? What's his Gladwell. last name? Gladwell. Gladwell. Yeah. Caldwell. Um, well, cool. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Is there anything that we didn't get to that you wanted to share? No, I I think you covered a lot of ground. I'm super happy I successfully didn't nervously got through it. So. Oh, and you did great. I am really – you know what they say? I appreciate you. I know. I appreciate you. I know. But here I'm really – like I have been so excited to do this interview with you since Los Angeles. And it's like I've been really looking forward to it all day. She's my last Last interview of the day. So I've done something like seven or eight interviews today, back to back hour. And to be this energized, it's like I'm I'm not hyped that I get Aww. to I just think you're 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 a person that would be an incredible mentor to so many people. You're a person that's a leader that you're just you're a great person to be associated with. Well, I want yeah. to strive to continue to be that person <laughs> that you set a pretty high bar to be. So. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> well, Thank you so much. Uh, if you guys want to connect with more great people in the Women in Tech community, remember you could go to the Women in Tech Facebook group, which is at womenintechvip.com. It takes you straight there, womenintechvip.com. Or say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will talk to you guys, see you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Hi, this is Tisha Richardson, product designer over at Olark, the world's simplest chat platform designed to help your customers grow their business. We're a remote-based company headquartered in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and you're listening to Women in Tech. Impact Hub here in Austin, Texas has been our home. We want to give a huge thanks to making it possible for us to comfortably meet and interview several inspiring women in tech. They have the most collaborative workspace, incredible events, beautiful design, a hammock in their backyard. What? It's an incredible space. You have to check it out if you're in Austin. Thank you so much for being a part of the Women in Tech journey. Be sure to go to impacthubaustin.com to get your free day of co-working. I want to give a huge thanks to the team at SpyCloud. SpyCloud protects your employee and customer information from breaches and account takeovers. Try SpyCloud's early warning breach detection platform. SpyCloud made it possible for us to meet with several women in tech here in Austin, Texas, and I am so thankful that they have been part of the Women in Tech podcast journey. Get protected today by going to spycloud.com. That's S-P-Y-C-L-O-U-D.com. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.